couple months ago, Natalie, Ezra, and I took a little vacation over to Leavenworth. And while we were there, we decided to go on a hike with our new hiking backpack. And the hike we chose was called Icicle Gorge. It was a three and a half mile loop which ran along a really beautiful section of the Wenatchee River. And I thought it was gonna be a piece of cake. And I was actually excited about, you know, the little bit of an extra challenge and the little bit better of a workout that I was gonna get carrying Ezra on my back. So we got to the trailhead, we put Ezra into the pack, got the pack onto my back and cinched it up real tight, felt pretty good. So we started walking. But only about, oh, I don't know, maybe a mile in, uh, my traps and the back of my neck were on fire. And Ezra felt so much heavier than he had felt when we started the hike. And I kept having to stop and, you know, do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and some of this and all the stretches. And, and Natalie kept saying, I can carry him the rest of the way. And I know she could, but I kept saying, no way. No way. This is my cross to bear. And when we got to the end of the hike and I saw the parking lot, my goodness, it was such a relief. I couldn't believe we had finally made it. Couldn't believe I was finally done. And so we walked over to the car and I threw off the backpack, gleefully, I should add. And then the craziest thing happened. When I took off this backpack, I felt like I was going to float into the sky. It was crazy. I felt so light, so weightless. It was a really strange sensation to suddenly drop like 30 plus pounds just like that after having carried it for so long. Really weird. And then we packed everything up in the car and jumped in the car ourselves. And when I sat down in that seat, oh, with the pack finally off my back, it just brought an immediate feeling of comfort and rest to my aching body. And I share this story because I think it illustrates where a lot of us are at right now. Right? Because it's been a really challenging and exhausting and difficult year. A really, really difficult year. It's been difficult for all of us for many reasons we share. And I am sure for many other reasons that no one else knows anything about. And my heart has been so heavy just to know that so many people are suffering. Some of you guys have been suffering. Some of you have been feeling absolutely crushed under the weight of the burdens of life. I know that's the case for some of you. It may not be the case for all of us, but I know it's the case for some of us, and I'll add myself to that list. And if that's you this morning, then this morning, Jesus is inviting you to come to him. 
and to unburden yourself of all the heavy, heavy burdens you've been carrying too long and to let go of everything you've been trying to hold on to so tightly and to plunge into the depths of the unfathomable oceans of his love for you and to rest in him. And I'll tell you what, this sermon this morning is just as much for me as it is for you. It's a sermon I wanted to preach because I need some rest. And maybe you do too. Let me pray for us. Oh Lord God, may we behold wondrous things from your holy, inspired, inerrant word this morning. Lord, I have the sense that some people may have walked into this room this morning feeling uh, a little lost or perhaps feeling like they've been trapped inside of an unending nightmare that they cannot escape. Lord, I'm certain that that is the case for some of us here. And God, I just pray that those people would find freedom today through your word and would find the rest that you've promised to give them if they will only come to you. Oh Lord, may we all come to you this morning by your grace and for your glory alone, we pray. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn in it to Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. And I've just got to say that I am so excited to preach this passage. It has ministered to me so much in the last few months, and man, I, I just, it's such an amazing passage, and I really hope that after this morning, the Holy Spirit will just bring it to mind for us often, because it is so comforting and it's one that we need to remember. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. Let me read it. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. So we're going to talk about three components to this great invitation. Okay, we're going to talk about who it's for. We're going to talk about who it's from. And then we're going to talk about what it means. 
Okay, that's where we're going. Who it's for, who it's from, what it means. So let's first look at who this invitation is for. Who this invitation is for. Look again at verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So this is the first of three descriptions Jesus gives concerning who this invitation is for. He says first that it's for little children. And and here, though this word children is uh, certainly big enough to include literal children, Jesus is actually using the word children metaphorically. He's saying that you must be like a child. Not childish, not terrible twos, temper tantrum, and Natalie and I know a little something about that, don't we? Not childish, but childlike, tender-hearted, sensitive, open, trusting. See, what usually happens is that apart from the grace of God, by nature, as we grow older and older, our hearts just become harder and harder. By nature, apart from the grace of God, our hearts just become less and less tender and, and more and more desensitized and And that whispering voice of conscience just becomes quieter and quieter until some can't even hear it anymore. And these are the kinds of people Jesus is contrasting these little children with. He sarcastically calls them the wise and understanding. They're the kinds of people who are wise in their own eyes. Right? The kinds of people who think they know a thing or two about a thing or two kinds of people who are so confident in themselves. And when I hear this, you know who I immediately think of? I think of the Pharisees, right? They were, they were learned men with lots of schooling and education under their belts, and they were so devout in their religiosity and, and wanted everyone to know, and, and they were so confident in their conduct and wanted everyone to see. And yet, ironically, they're the people that Jesus had some of the harshest words for in the Gospels, right? He called them things like children of their father, the devil, whoa, and hypocrites, and whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but dead on the inside. The Pharisees were not humble, They were not honest. Their hearts were closed, closed off and and cold. They were not like little children. But you know what? Jesus had some tender words for them too. He, He says to them in Matthew chapter 23 that he would have gathered them under his wings like a hen gathers her chicks if they would have only come to him. But they were unwilling. Their pride kept them from seeing their need for him, their need for a savior. And so Jesus makes it clear that this invitation is for childlike kinds of people. 
and not for proud and pretentious and pharisaical kinds of people. Okay? And secondly, Jesus says that this invitation is for those to whom God has revealed these things. Again, verse 25 says that these things are hidden from the wise and understanding, but are revealed to little children. And the end of verse 27 says the same thing. These things must be revealed. You see, by nature, there are certain things that we simply cannot see, right? By nature, we cannot see the Father. By nature, we cannot see our own hypocrisy and ignorance. By nature, we are spiritually blind to the things of God and and to the extent of our fallen condition and to our desperate need of a Savior. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. They're foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they, the things of God, are spiritually discerned. In other words, it takes the Spirit to understand the things of the Spirit. It takes the same God who said, let there be light at creation, shining into the darkness of our hearts and making us a new creation so that we can see. We all need the Holy Spirit to come and turn on the lights. Otherwise, we'll just be wandering in the darkness like the Pharisees who Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 were just the blind leading the blind. So this invitation is for little children and it's for those to whom God has revealed these things supernaturally. Okay? And then thirdly, Jesus says in verse 28, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Now, Obviously, the rest that Jesus is talking about here is not uh, a nap, right? That's not the kind of rest he's inviting us into. And so the labor and heavy ladenness that he's inviting us into is probably not referring specifically to manual labor or to the burden of having a job, right? So what exactly is it? What, what exactly is this rest that Jesus is inviting us into? Well, St. Augustine wrote this famous line in his book, Confessions. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I think Augustine was right on the money because what we need is spiritual rest in here, in that hidden place within us, the very core of our being, that, that place from which all our wants and desires and thoughts and hopes and affections flow out of. We need rest in there. 
And this makes perfect sense because if you think about it, the most crushing burdens we carry throughout our lives are typically not external burdens, but are internal burdens. They're the things that have broken our hearts. They're the things that have taken our peace away from us. They're the things that have taken our hope away from us. It's all our anxiety and worry and stress and depression. It's, it's the past sins that haunt us. It's all those internal things which sometimes make it hard to get out of bed in the morning. And I know that you know exactly the kinds of things I'm talking about. It's all the emotional and mental baggage we carry. It's all the failures and abuses and distresses and pains and fears. It's all the heaviness in here. And there's a lot of it, isn't there? There's a lot of it. And we'll come back to this in a bit, but, but the point I want to make here is that incredibly, listen to this, incredibly, it's our burdens which qualify us to come and find rest. That's what Jesus says. All who labor and are heavy laden, it's our burdens which qualify us to come. Isn't that amazing? In other words, what Jesus is not saying here is, hey, get your stuff together. Get your mess of a life straightened out, and then maybe we'll talk. No. Jesus says, oh, I see the heavy burdens you've been carrying, and I'm here to tell you that you don't have to carry them anymore. You can come to me. And you can unburden yourself to me. And you will find rest in me. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Isn't he amazing? So, who is this invitation for? It's for the childlike in faith who have had the eyes of their hearts opened to see that they are carrying heavy, heavy burdens. That is who this invitation is for. This is all that qualifies you to come. Now, let's look at who this invitation is from. Who this invitation is from. And we already know that it's from Jesus, but this is really important. Look again at verse 27. All things have been handed over to me... By my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. In all the chapters of Matthew leading up to chapter 11, we see Jesus calling sinners to repentance and uh, performing healing miracles and 
speaking as one who had authority, and yet, all along the way, there's this lingering confusion in people's minds about who Jesus really is. Like in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus calms a storm on the sea. Remember that story? And then his disciples say to one another, what man is this that even winds and sea obey him? And in Matthew chapter 9, the Pharisees see Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners, and they ask his disciples, why does he sit down with these kinds of people? Not understanding that those kinds of people were the ones he came to save. And at the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, the chapter we're in this morning, at the beginning of the chapter, we see John the Baptist. You remember, he's the guy who said of Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But at the beginning of Matthew chapter 11, we see John the Baptist sending messengers from prison to go and ask Jesus if he indeed was the Messiah they've been waiting for or if they should look for another. There's this lingering confusion in people's minds about who Jesus really is. But then here, in verse 27, Jesus makes this clear and radical statement that God the Father has handed all things over to him and that God the Father is the only one who truly knows him and that God the Father is only known by him and by those he has chosen to reveal him to. Uh, Jesus, he's essentially saying the same thing he says in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's making a claim of divinity. He's telling us that he and the Father are one. He is clearing up all those lingering confusions. And so, who is this invitation from? Well, it's from no mere man, but it's from the God-man, the incarnate Son of God, what we're about to celebrate this Christmas, the Son of God and Savior of the world who took on flesh and came to earth. That's who this invitation is from. And by coming to Him, you see, we are brought near to the Father. Okay? Now, finally, let's look at who this invi- uh, sorry, what this invitation means. What this invitation means. Look again at verses eight, uh, 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, Jesus says two things here that at first seem a little contradictory. He says, on the one hand, come to me and I will give you rest. That sounds great. But then on the other hand, he says, take my yoke upon you. And if you don't know, a yoke is a wooden frame that's put over the head of an ox or some other kind of draft animal, which is then used to control it. Kind of like uh, how a bit and bridle is used to control a horse. So, get this. Jesus is saying, come to me by allowing me to control you. 
to guide you, to direct you, to make you go over here when I want you to go over here, and to make you go over there when I want you to go over there. That's what he's saying. And, and you see what's, what's being implied here is that what really burdens us, what really exhausts us, what, what really makes our hearts so restless is our efforts to try to do everything on our own. And this makes sense, right? Like, do you know many control freaks who have rest? From a former control freak, I can tell you, we don't. Watch it. (laughs) Or do you know many workaholics who have rest? From someone who struggled with it, I can tell you, we don't. Or do you know many people pleasers who have rest? Or do you know many hedonistic pleasure seekers who have rest? Or do you know many prodigal wanderers who have rest? Do you know many people who've taken the reins and have tried to handle life on their own and have rest? I know a lot of the opposite. Jesus is offering us rest from the exhausting task of trying to do everything on our own. Jesus is offering us rest from the burden of laboring so hard to try to make everything in life fall into place in just a particular way. Jesus is offering us rest by dethroning ourselves and allowing him to be the Lord of our lives. And to encourage us to accept his offer, he says two amazing things. First, verse 29, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, which is absolutely mind-blowing because who is the most offended person in the whole universe by our sin? He is, and yet he is the most gentle with us in our sin. Interestingly, I learned this. This is the only thing in all the Gospels. This is the only thing Jesus tells us about his own heart. He tells us that it's characterized by gentleness and lowliness. Wow. I like how one commentator, Dane Ortland, puts it. He writes, Jesus is not trigger-happy, not harsh, not reactionary, not easily exasperated. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms for those who come to him. Amen? The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms for those who come to him. And I'm just thinking, how, how often do we point the finger before opening our arms? But not Jesus, because he is gentle and lowly in heart. 
And secondly, in verse 30, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And why is Jesus' yoke so easy and his burden so light? I mean, why wouldn't the holy God of the universe, who we have so grievously offended by our sin, why wouldn't he place a hard and heavy burden upon all who come to him in order to teach us a lesson? Well, he wouldn't because he already bore that burden. He already did the heavy lifting. He carried that cross. He carried out our death sentences. He subjected himself to the most extreme form of unrest when he absorbed in his body the fullness of the wrath of God against the sins of the world so that our sins, past, present, and future, could be forgiven and we could have rest when we come to him through repentance and faith through turning away from our sins, saying, I don't want anything to do with that anymore, and casting ourselves upon the mercy of Jesus, trusting in Him alone and nothing else for salvation. Gentle and lowly, easy and light, the offer is free. And the reward is priceless. Amen? So let me close by asking this. Are there any of us here still holding on to this thing? Are there any of us here still carrying around this weight? Or is it time to let go and rest in Jesus. Let me get real practical. To the control freak. I know something about these guys. To the control freak who's always trying to micromanage everything and everyone around them, Jesus might be saying to you today, stop. Just stop and rest. You are just stressing yourself out because you are not the one in sovereign control over everything. I am. Let me do it. Just rest. To the workaholic who spends their every waking moment thinking about work and who's constantly putting in, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, Jesus might be saying to you today, take a Sabbath. Put down the work and rest and do it trusting that when you pick it back up tomorrow, I will give you the strength and ability to accomplish it. But for today, just rest. To the people pleaser who's constantly worrying about how they're being perceived and about what people are thinking of them, Jesus might be saying to you today, do you really think that everybody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you? You've got to rest from that. And you can when you start looking at yourself through my eyes 
and not the eyes of the world and not the eyes in the mirror. Rest in the reality that in me you are endlessly loved and unconditionally accepted. To the hedonistic pleasure seeker who's always craving more and more and more or who's constantly going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing without end, Jesus might be saying to you today, you know that all the things you've been pursuing are just mirages in the desert, promising life, but delivering death. You know. And those things never truly satisfied because your heart wasn't created for those things. It was created for me. And your heart will only find rest, true fulfillment, deep satisfaction when it rests in me. And to the prodigal wanderer who thinks that they are free because their life is directionless, Jesus might be saying to you today, come home. Come home and rest from your wandering because only then will you truly be free. So today, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through or what you're dealing with, if you hear the voice of Jesus beckoning you to come, don't miss out on your opportunity and the rest that he will give you. And I don't know exactly what that will look like for each of you, but he does. And you can trust him. And when you come to him, there will be no pointed fingers, but just open arms because he is gentle and lowly in heart and he loves you deeply. Amen? Will you stand with me to pray? Oh Lord, I thank you so much for these tender, tender words you have for us this morning. Lord, sometimes we need a hard word. Sometimes we need a word that will confront us and convict us and, and even break us at times, Lord. But, but sometimes we just need a fresh reminder of how kind and how gentle a Savior you are. And Lord, I thank you that this invitation is so free to us. And Lord, that is only because it was so costly to you. Lord, you gave it all and paid it all, dying in our place that we might find rest. And we thank you for that. We worship you for that. Our lives have been forever changed by that, Lord God. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would move upon all of us this morning causing us all to respond to your word by coming to you through repentance and faith. Lord, whether it's for the first time or for the 10,000th time, Lord, 
Regardless, I pray that we would all come to you, trusting that when we come, we will find rest for our weary souls, Lord. Oh, Lord, we love you. We pray these things for your glory alone. Amen.